It's a big group. Good luck, Jill. <laughs> Shut that door. <laughs> um, so as you turn to James chapter 3, we're going to do something that is very similar to what we did last week. It was kind of a spontaneous sermon series because I have to admit, um, if you're going to ride with me, all right, meaning if you're going to be here at Pleasant Hill, if this is going to be your home church, you're going to realize, if you haven't already, um, I I kind of get anxious and I, I try to move sometimes too fast for my own good and I don't like being in the same thing very long. So that's why uh, last week I had to get out of Romans and this week I'm going to stay out of Romans and, and I'm going to go back. But uh, one thing that if you ask my wife, I'm always ready for what's next and I love change. All right, I love change. Uh, scares Michaela to death uh, because she never knows what's going to come next uh, but at the same time, I love change. I love, you know, what can we do differently? What can we do more? What can we do next? And that's where we are. And I have found that this very random, spontaneous sermon series, as we kind of visit, who here likes to reminisce on the good old days? You know, before the bills came, before the diapers came, uh, before all the uh, sleepless nights came, raising kids and teenagers and, and all those days, uh, before you had to get up to go to work, and when you realized looking back, life wasn't nearly as complicated as you thought it was, uh, because as, as a kid and a, as a teenager, life is the most complex thing that we've ever faced, and it's the hardest thing in the world, yet we realized just how easy we really may have had it. Not for everyone, but I want to do similar to what we did last week, is I want to kind of revisit a youthful life lesson. Last week we did this where we discussed a life lesson that you may have been taught or you were supposed to listen to, you didn't necessarily listen to very well. Maybe something that you have tried to instill in your kids. And if you remember last week, it was be careful who your friends are. And what I wanted to do is I really wanted to ask you who it is that you have behind closed doors to ensure that you do not allow those people behind closed doors with you to corrupt you of your character because we realize, as the Bible says, that bad company does what? Can corrupt good morals or good character. And I also don't want you to be behind closed doors with people that are going to choke out God's call for you and where God is leading you. So this week I want to do something, and this is going to be... <laughs> This is going to be fun. All right, I just have to warn you. It's going to be painful, but it's going to be fun at the same time. Because something I try to teach my girls, and maybe you were taught this, and this, it's going to get personal right out of the gate. The life lesson that I remember hearing a lot, and it was just one thing, in, you know, just in one ear and <laughs> as quickly out the other was this. And you just finish it if you heard this as a kid, or maybe you've said it as a parent. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> this is where it gets fun. Who here struggles following that advice? Just raise your hand. If you've ever struggled with, well, I, I shouldn't have ever said that. Anybody ever, do you, have you ever, maybe, maybe not recently, because we're all being sanctified, you know, but, you know, one point in your broken past, you said something and immediately you're like, why did I say that? 
I mean, just raise your hand. Yeah. I'm coming with you and for you today, all right? Because I needed this too, because there are moments in my life where I say things and I think, goodness gracious, God loves me? Like, do people care for me? I, I, I can, as quickly as I can open my mouth, I can shove my entire leg in it. You know, I don't just put my foot in my mouth sometimes, I just throw the entire leg in and, and I have to ask, answer the question of the OKFC commercials, who ate the bones? I did, because I've been chewing on my foot for so long at times. So the question is, or have you ever found yourself not using your tongue to glorify the Lord, to edify the church, and to encourage one another? Because here's what I want you to do. I want you to view your tongue as a tool. The tongue that you and I possess, and not just the tongue, you know, if you stick that thing out, uh, not just your, your tongue necessarily, but the way that you speak. But we live in a day and age where you don't have to even open your mouth anymore to communicate with people. Now we have thumbs, <laughs> and some of us are very thumb happy. You know, we, we are thumb friendly, uh, but not very friendly. Uh, we utilize our thumbs, and some communication is nonverbal. And some of our nonverbal communication can be just as destructive as opening our mouth. So that is the countenance in which we carry. That is the body language in which we, you know, give to people. Uh, so we have to be careful how we utilize this tool. You know, I was thinking about you using my tongue as a tool. Why? Because you and I are commanded to use our tongues to glorify the Lord, to edify the church, not to be deceitful in our mouth not to spread lies or rumors and to ensure that we are wise with our words. So one thing I was thinking about as it being a tool is, you know, I started hanging up shiplap like a year ago and I just finished the last couple of weeks. Um, it's because of my own ignorance and my own pride that I thought I could do a home renovation project. Uh, never again will I do it. Never. Uh, if it involves more than one, one like drill, my DeWalt drill, if it requires more than that, and I mean just a hammer to the wall. It's not happening, all right, because I'm, I'm ignorant to the fact, I was ignorant to the fact of my own capabilities and I'm not very capable. But I was thinking about the nail gun I was using, which is a very incredible tool, the battery-operated nail gun. And I'm just, you know, whizzing through these boards and, and I realized how productive this tool can be. I mean, I could hang an entire wall within like, you know, a year and a half. You know, I mean, it only took a little over a year, but I hung an entire three walls with, with a year and a half with that one tool. But then I realized if I missed the board and hit my finger, how painful that tool that was meant for production could really be. And just how much damage I could do if I were to hit the wrong nerve or, or you know, or, or to hit my kid or, or my wife. Um, not that we aim like that, but you know, you never know when you're working and, and mistakes happen. Safety is first, right? But I remember thinking about the tool that I used to hang that wood is meant for production, but can also be, if not careful, a very destructive tool. Same with my tongue. So let's go to James chapter three, and then we'll get on a little bit more. So James chapter three, we read this. Not many of you should become teachers. This is one of the scariest Bible verses for, for me. Uh, I'll just tell you that. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. 
Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Whew, that got deep. It escalated quickly here. Just a little bitty tongue. You know, just stick it out. You can't even see it. Just that little bitty tongue. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So we're going to discuss this. And the question is, because I'm going to just read you a list here in just a moment. Do you view your speech significant? You know, one thing that I've tried teaching my girls is, and I'll try to teach you this too, you know, if we were to go to a big scale, and if I were to lay uh, just these few fake flowers over here on the scale, and then if you were to drive your pickup truck next to me on the scale, and I were to take those flowers off, there's, there's going to be weight in both objects. These flowers are fake and they weigh very little. The banana I ate this morning weighs very little, but if I put it on a scale, it would have weight to it. Same is true if I were to drive a big old truck with a trailer and a boat or whatever the case is, and if I were to drive that and park it right on the scale, what is it going to have? It's going to have weight. So what I try to teach my girls is every word that you speak, whether it be large or little, has weight. So our words carry weight. Do we choose our words wisely and do we kind of prioritize weightier words? versus less weightier options? Or are we even aware of what weight our words can carry and what weight our text can carry or what weight our Facebook responses or our DMs can carry? Are we truly aware of just how weighted our words can be? I don't know about you, but I used to hear this phrase as a kid, and if you know it, you can finish it with me, as you all have been very active participants already. Uh, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And whoever said that, just raise your hand. If you've ever used it, you're lying. You're lying. I, I don't know about you, but there have been times, and I don't carry everything that's ever been spoken to me, but just raise your hand if, everyone, if anyone has ever said something to you or about you that still hurts. It still hurts. I mean, there's things that I carry from 20 years ago that, that I should have let go of a long time ago, but for some reason I am a human being and I still sometimes look back and think, boy, this hurt. So that phrase, sticks and stones might break my bones. Yeah, that's true. But the second part, words will never hurt me, is the biggest lie I could ever spit out because there are things that people have said to me or about me that hurt. There are. There are things that have been said to you or about you that hurt you. 
But at the exact same time, there have been things that I have said or you have said that have hurt other people. So as we examine this small part of who we are, I just want to read you a short list. If you want to write these down very very fast, you can. If you, if you don't want to, just, just entertain me as I read the list to you. I'm not going to read you every verse and every you know, passage of scripture. I actually just wrote about 20 different Bible references out of the dozens that I found this week that regard the tongue and the way that we speak. Uh, on our chalkboard right now on the, on the table right behind our couch has uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24, that says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul. Kind words. So let me just read a list of passages. If you want to reference later, you can. Or if you just want to just entertain my boredom for a moment, uh, let me just go on here. First Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Proverbs 15, verse 28. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Psalm, you can't write that fast? Let me slow down? Okay. All right. 1 Peter 3, verse 10. Proverbs 15, 28. Proverbs 15, 4. Shorthand, pro means Proverbs, all right? If you're, if you're trying to shorthand this. Uh, Proverbs 21, 23, EPH for Ephesians 4, verse 29. Psalm 141, verse 3. Psalm 34, verse 13. Matthew 15, 11. Titus chapter 3, verse... Do you all get the point here? Do you want me to keep going? Proverbs 18, 20 through 21. Proverbs chapter 12, verses 13 through 14. Proverbs chapter 12, verses 18 through 19. Proverbs chapter 15 again, verses 1 through 2. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. James 1, 19. Proverbs 18, 1 through 8. Psalm 52, Verses 2 through 9, we just read James 3. Proverbs chapter 26, 17 through 28. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. Do y'all get that? (laughs) That's just a short list of verses and Bible references that I made. One to maybe entertain you with some boredom for a moment, but for two, if you want, go back and look at these. And here's what you're going to find. This is just a short list of dozens of Bible references that regard the way in which we use our mouths. So it is evident to me that the way that we conduct ourselves in our speech and our communication is important to the Lord. Is it important to you? Is it important to you? So here's a few things that we must remember whenever we open our mouths or whenever we begin, you know, twitching our thumbs, our speech must always be God glorifying and church edifying and people building. Must always be. Does not mean that we can no longer share the truth with people. Doesn't mean we can't present our opinion when asked, but there is, so this is what I began to think about. Some of the, I hate to use the word older, but I will. 
some of the older or more seasoned folks that I have come to grow around are actually a lot less spoken than the younger folks. And I think that what happens is as we mature, and some of you may be able to testify to this, as we, as we mature, people realize that their opinions aren't nearly as important to the world as we thought whenever we were younger. Because here's the thing, we sometimes are so adamant to share our opinions. And let me just tell you the whole cold hard truth. There are times people don't care. There are times people don't want to hear your opinion or receive the response that you have typed up. And there are times where you and I are so you know, on fire to give our opinion or to give our stance or to present the truth that we forget that kind words are like honey. Okay, not that all words are good to hear because there are gonna be times where we have to spit some cold, hard truth to people. There's times where we're gonna have to share our opinion when asked, but here's what I want us to do. Stop sharing our opinion so much when not asked. Because if we aren't careful, our opinions, which can be sometimes emotionally rooted, can actually be very destructive and very divisive. Because how often we want to open our mouths or, you know, you, you know that person that did this and you just can't wait. I just can't wait till they hear from me. I just can't wait till they get this phone call. I just can't wait until I read this check, text message and I see that read receipt on that text message. I cannot wait until they hear from me. And there's a lot of times that we go into speech. Our communication is not God glorifying, is not church edifying, And instead of building, it's definitely breaking. See, the Proverbs teach us that in the tongue, and I want to communicate this very clearly, in the tongue, there is both life and death. Now, here's what I don't want you to think. I don't want you to believe a heresy that tells you because the power of life and death is in the tongue that you actually possess the power to speak life into existence. The only one that's ever spoken anything to existence is who? God. The only one that will ever speak anything into existence is who? God. I don't want you to believe that because uh, some people will teach you that you and I have the power to, to name and claim things. And I don't want you to read these references later and think that you actually have the power to, to speak life into existence. Now, some people will rebut that. And then they'll say, well, you know, I'm going to speak to my wallet and tell my wallet you're going to be debt-free. Well, of course, if you spend less money than you make, and if you pay your bills, you're going to probably have success in your finances, but it's not necessarily you speaking it as you habitually participating in it. So we possess both life and death in in our tongue. And this is where I want you to consider for just a moment. How is it that you communicate? How is it that you communicate? Are you one that truly wants to speak life or are you one that doesn't really care just how bad it is? I mean, do you truly consider the affections of other people when you begin to type or to speak? Because here's what I want us to do. I want us to be more mindful of this and, and certainly be more aware of it and more Christ-like with it because there is a lot of power just in this one little tongue. There is a lot of damage that can come from just opening our mouth. There is a lot of destruction that can, that can rise up and a lot of division that can occur whenever we begin to type. So here's what I want us to do.
One thing that I've said over the years of preaching is this. For some people, the deadliest weapon they will ever carry is the tongue inside their mouth. I believe it. I certainly believe it that you and I can do more damage with our tongue or with our typing, with our responses than we ever imagined. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna do a little exercise with you. And I wanna read to you, this is something I learned in the Marine Corps and some people here know this. Um, Whenever we were in the, when I was in the Marine Corps, we, we would have our M16s, we would be on the rifle range or we would be cleaning our weapons. And there were four rules that we had to remember at all times. And these four weapon safety rules never changed. And here's what I want to do. I want to use them because if the tongue can truly be a weapon, it should be a tool to share the gospel with people. It should be a tool to encourage people. It should be a tool to advance the gospel and edify the church and glorify God. But as James said, out of the same mouth, there's blessing and cursing. I mean, out of the same mouth. I mean, just... Let's just say, I mean, we're singing, our God is stronger. And then how dare you cut me off? I mean, just, just on our way to McDonald's, you know, like, what is this idiot doing? You know, so out of the same mouth, we're singing to the Lord here until 11.30, 11.40. And then by noon, we've already used our mouth in a horrible way. I mean, let's just face it, four safety rules are these. Treat every weapon as if it were loaded. Treat your tongue as if it is a loaded weapon. Because if you are not mindful of that, you can cause a lot of damage. You read stories about it all the time of young children, uh, of accidents with loaded firearms, horrible incidents, but it was loaded and they were unaware. So the same is true with your speech, your communication, you ought to treat it as if it is a loaded fire. Weapon weapon safety number two is never point a weapon at anything you do not intend to shoot. This is something we teach our girls because my oldest wants to try hunting this year, even though she can't keep her mouth shut long enough to probably sit in the woods and we'll just watch the deer run. Hey, there, there it goes. And, and uh, it'll be fun, but never point your weapon at anything you don't intend to shoot. What does that mean with your tongue? Do not unload on people unless you intend to carry the weight of what you're about to say. Be mindful of the weight that you possess. So what I want you to do is don't be just flying off the handle at random people because they did nothing to you and you're just taking out your pain or your, your, your frustration towards other people. So never point your weapon. Never, never open this mouth to someone that you are not intending to either harm or encourage. Because if we are not careful, a lot of accidents may happen and we need to consider this as a weapon at times. Third, it says, keep your finger straightened off the trigger until you are ready to fire. There, this literally means there might be times where you keep your finger straight and off the keyboard. There might be times where you keep your finger straight and off, off, off the phone. And, and there might be times where you just, we just might keep our mouths shut. This is why I feel like some of the more seasoned folks that I've grown to love speak less than you think they would. 
because they choose their words wisely. They understand the weight that their words carry. And they've matured and grown to a point in which they know that if someone asks, I'm going to give my opinion. So this is something I've been trying to grow in. I've been trying to grow in if I'm not asked directly by someone, what is my opinion on this subject matter? I don't need to butt in and give it. Now, if it's going to cause or protect someone from harm or danger, yeah, you should intervene and interrupt. But there are some times where we just need to keep our fingers straight and off the trigger. There's some times where if I don't have anything nice to say, I should practice not saying anything at all. And the last weapon safety rule was keep your weapon on safe until you intend to fire. These are those text messages that you type out and then you hit the backspace like 420 characters later to clear it out. And then you type it all out again and you're just ready to send it. And now backspace, 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 backspace. You got that response ready for them. Or you know, just when you get home, just what you're going to say. But there's times where you and I need to consider what it is that we're about to unload, who we're about to unload it on, and be mindful of the delivery. Be mindful of the choice because we know that our words carry weight. So choose our words wisely. Do not allow our tongue to just be a, a random, you know, I guess just a random and open fire weapon all, all times, just unleashing and unloading on whoever it is in our path. We need to be safe. We need to guard our mouths and our tongues and use our tongues, use our speech and our communication to glorify the Lord, to edify the church and to build one another up. And lastly, I'll end with this. Well, no, two more things. Can we do a little fun exercise? Because now you're feeling like a horrible person because all those back to your neighbor and you know <laughs> you text that thing last night and you're, now you're feeling remorse and man, I wish I could go back and backspace that out and delete it. But well, you can now. You can delete text messages. So you can send it and unsend it. Um, you know, one other thing that we had to do with our M16s back in the day was we had this weapons creed in which we would say something like this. This is my weapon. There are many like it. But this one is mine. Can we do that? Can you just stick out your tongue with me and say, this is my weapon. <laughs> I mean, like it. Can you do it? Come on now. Don't make me look like the fool up here. Just stick it out and just say, this is my weapon. <laughs> there are many like it. But this one is, is mine. All right. You should have seen you all do that. All right. Lindsay should have been up here looking at you all. Uh, but lastly, I want to conclude with this, something that Jesus said that we have to examine whenever we consider our speech, whenever we consider opening our mouths. Jesus said in chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So here's what I implore you to do. Yeah, consider your communication, your habits, your speech, your texting, 
Well, I implore you to examine the condition of your heart. Because if your heart is bitter and broken and angry and frustrated, your mouth will follow. If your heart is on fire by the love and the grace and the mercy of the Lord that he is lavishing upon you daily and you just wake up and and remind yourself of the mercies being new each and every morning, your mouth will follow. So our speech is important, but our heart is most Your speech is is important and the way that you communicate to people is critical at times. But the condition of your heart is what's most important. So here's what I encourage us all to do. For just a moment, may we shut our mouths and open our eyes to the condition of our heart. Because what did Jesus say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. So if you want to know why you continuously fly off the handle and have nothing nice to say, it may be because the condition of your heart has been corrupted or polluted by sin or anger or frustration. My prayer is that you and I, when ensure our heart is overflowing with the love, the mercy, the grace, of our Lord. And if our heart, if our cup overflows, as David said, if our, if our heart overflows by the love and the mercy and the grace of God that we have received and we are reminded each and every day and our heart carries this, this promise that you and I were once sinners, we were once dead in our sins and trespasses, but the free gift of God is eternal life found in Christ Jesus. If that's what fuels me each and every day, and if that's what makes my heart beat is that I was once dead in my sins, but now I'm alive. I was once a wretched man, but now I'm a child of God. If you were once an addict, but now you're set free. If you were once broken and now you've been repaired. If you were once dead and darkened in your sin, but now you've been raised to life in Christ, your mouth will follow. Your mouth will follow. So I just implore you to, con- to check the condition of your heart and your speech will follow. Let's pray. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna just encourage you wherever you are to yes, check the way in which you may communicate. Read your recent text messages and see maybe what damage you have caused and take ownership of it. Seek forgiveness and repair what may need to be. But also, most importantly, check the condition of our hearts today. So here's what I want us to do. As we listen to this last song, and I believe it's the old song of softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to examine the condition of your heart. And if you see that your mouth is following the brokenness, the bitterness, the anger, or the frustration, I want you to answer the call of freedom, which says to cast all our anxieties, cast all of our burdens onto him. Why? Because he cares for us. What I want you to do for just a moment is right where you are or right up here with myself or other church leaders is if your heart is broken or hurting today, 
angry today. May we pray for you. May we pray with you so that you can leave here with a heart that is beating on the pulse of joy and peace and love and mercy and grace. And then you will see your mouth follow suit. Let's pray. Father, I just praise your holy